This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined by my bosom buddy, Bob Castron. Just friends. How are hey, you doing, friend? Dan? What do you mean, just friends? I mean, bosom buddy, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to that phrase. I mean, there's a plenty to that phrase. I mean, it's a loaded thing, but that's who you are to me, and you're not going to change anytime soon. Do you, do you use that description of me when I'm not around? Do you say, Bob's... Hey, my buddy Bob. He's my bosom buddy. I've never called you Bob before. Oh. In any reference, uh, privately or when you're not in the room, I call you my bosom buddy. You know, we said before we started recording this, like, do we have to give any explanation for what, why we're bosom buddies? And now we're like a minute into the show and all we're talking about is the bosom buddy. Well, I'm not very comfortable with you saying it every time. It's like a weird thing to say because we don't say that. Like, that's not a thing we say. Yeah. All right, I'll lay off the bosom buddy thing. I, I kind of like it now, though. Okay, it's a little sweet. Wow, here we go. Wow, what a what a way to get into today's show and an exciting one uh, it is as we uh, move into this century. I'm very excited to move into the century uh, with uh, what we'll be talking. The album we'll be talking about today. It shows that we are modern men, not just men that live in the past. Not men that live 20 years in the past. We are men that live 13 About years. About 13 in the past. years in the past. Yeah, you're saying it like this is like a modern time. Like we're so fucking old that this was 13 years ago. We're going to go back to 2004 today. Very exciting to go back to the year 2004. Uh, so we're still, it's still a throwback. It still fits the brand. Oh, certainly. Throwback. Well, it's, it's, it is one of those things. We're both 30, 37. And, um, we look at like an album that came out in the middle of the 2000s as something somewhat fresh. And then there's like some middle school kid out there that wasn't even alive when it came out. And you're wondering to yourself, what happened to the years? You're so mad at that middle school kid for being born. Piece of shit. <laughs> you hate middle school kids. <laughs> Fucking asshole kid. That's the problem with society is the kids. <laughs> <laughs> this really does sound like a throwback podcast now. Like we've just like given up all pretense of like we're cool and we're like we're just old men yelling yeah. at kids. Should we start being racist? That that's comes... like the final hurdle. To this. <laughs> that, that's that's a really far <laughs> throwback. That's throwing back to an era that we probably should not throw back to. So, yes, uh, the 80s. Uh, exactly. We are in in, in the. The garage of Hansis Manor here. We are bosom buddies, and we will, as we are wont to do on this podcast. It is the entire reason reasoning for this podcast, uh, other than an excuse to be able to do something fun, uh, talk and drink, uh, that our wives will kind of buy. They're they're kind of on board, but not really. But but they sniffing kind of, around, they kind of have to deal with this until they realize it's bullshit. Yeah, if you like buy where the garage is sealed and the doors locked. By the way, there's some. There's some sniffing around, like, is this a real thing? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, HeadGum thinks it is. Our listeners think it is. That six-figure advance that we signed with <laughs> HeadGum, you got that check too, right, wait, Bob? Wait, wait, what? Never mind. Don't even worry about that. This is a real thing. But we will, every episode, um, pick one album from our past, our nearly 30 years together, Bob, uh, and uh, we will dissect it. And talk about it and uh, and look at it today in 2017 and see if it's a lot different than 
how it looked in 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 this case 2004. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Music is uh, different now. Like we don't. I can't remember the last time I sat down and listened to an album from beginning to end without hitting shuffle or without throwing it on a playlist. So it's kind of nice to go back and listen to a full album, one track at a time, and uh, talk about it. You haven't dug in on the Harry Styles album yet. I I know who that is. Nice. It's a good start. That's a start. I know you told me he sounds like Star Sailor. He is doing a Star Sailor thing, which is a questionable move commercially. Right. I going to say. I mean, you don't want to model your career after Star Sailor. Right. But uh, I have not checked in on okay. that. Good. But the album we're going to talk about, oh man, did I check in on this one in 2004. That was that was okay, Bob. That was an okay transition. I'm trying to work on my transitions. When, <laughs> when in 2004. I, I, I don't have a big uh, podcast uh, pedigree here. Yeah. No, so you're doing I'm well. Learning, I'm just kind of like throwing some transitions out there. We'll see how they go. Yeah, so this album was something that you were way into in uh, 2004. One in 2004, Bob. Came out Take us there. June 2004. And uh, what was happening in June 2004? Yes. Yeah, that was right. what is happening. Let me tell you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Ken Jennings began his 74-game winning streak on the syndicated yes. game show Jeopardy. I don't think that gets enough enough love. That it, was legitimately exciting that this dude was just there every day kicking ass at the time it, it was a big deal it was a big deal it was probably i don't remember now but i'm sure it was it, it ended up being in the new york times and things of that nature uh, but now nobody even thinks about it that was a remarkable winning streak i worked at uh, on a show called best week ever at the time and it was nice to have because this was like the the era of paris hilton and Lindsay lohan and nick and jessica it was nice to Great have era it was nice to have a celebrity who was famous for being smart. Like he was the only one. Like it was very exciting. Wasn't that the era where Kevin Federline would be the face of saving the penny? Kevin Federline. Yeah. He eventually went on to try to save the penny and did because we still have pennies. So thank so you, Kevin Federline. K-Fed was the one to thank. K-Fed did it. But yeah, I mean, Kevin Federline, I wasted hours of my life writing about that guy because he was a celebrity. <laughs> I write a, I write a lot of, about a lot of stupid shit uh, at the NFL, but. I don't think I've ever written about anything as completely pointless as Kevin Federer. Well, maybe he'll come and try to save something for the NFL and like save the two point conversion someday <laughs> or something. And then like, you'll have to thank him for that. Um, OK, what? anyway, so you were working at VH1 and Ken Jennings was like a bastion <laughs> of integrity for you. at that It was time just an exciting life. story to write about somebody who was like getting further along by knowing things as opposed to not knowing things. Yeah, he's a fucking rock star. Fucking what else rock you got? star. And he, I still follow him on Twitter. Really? Is yeah. He a good follow? He's a good follow. Right, I'll check follow him out. Him. Check him out. Okay. Uh, here's somebody you shouldn't follow on Twitter. Ronald Reagan's funeral was held at Washington National Cathedral that month. Wait, what? How is that as a transition? That was the worst one I've ever heard, actually. <laughs> like, don't, don't follow Ro Ronald Reagan on Twitter. It's a waste of time. But the way you set it up, it made it sound like don't follow Ronald Reagan's funeral on Twitter. Oh, no. I mean, if it, that was on Twitter, you could have followed it. But I'm specifically saying don't follow the dead president, Ronald Reagan, on Twitter because he's not updating. Probably not. But if he was, that would be a must. -follow. All right. So the transition game still weak. Still working on that. What else? Uh, movies that came out that month, June 2004. Spider-Man 2. Dodgeball. Spider-Man 2 was pretty good, I got to say. I don't know if I ever saw Spider-Man 2. It was actually really good, Spider-Man 2. It was the best Spider-Man movie, in uh, my opinion. The Notebook, and yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, which I know you were a fan of that movie, right? I was. It hasn't yeah, like aged well, I think, in terms of uh, 
like the way people think of it. But I, every time it comes on now, I still I laugh. I think the biggest problem with Napoleon Dynamite is that it spawned 5,000 terrible indie comedies right. that were trying to capture that aesthetic, and they, they can wear some of that shame. They should. They deserve it. They were like... What was it? The, the, the Her Brothers or... Yeah, the... Something like that. Something... You work in that industry. You should know this. These, this is your competitors in the business. No, they're, you know, I mean, if they're hiring, I love them. <laughs> but um, I don't remember that. Um, and finally, uh, in music news in June 2004, the great Ray Charles died. And uh, the band Creed dissolved that month, according to Wikipedia. They did. Even though I think they're touring right now. So I don't know. Creed broke up in 2004? Yeah. Actually, I... That's not true. They are still broken up, Bob, because I did. My brother, in fact, sent me a um, because there's nothing funnier in the world than Scott Stapp. My brother sent me a uh, an image of Scott Stapp playing like honky tonk bars in the South <laughs> solo uh, with a, a notation that playing some of great Creed's greatest hits. Maybe that's why I thought they were touring again, because I've I heard about this honky tonk tour. Are we talking about a Creed album today? We are not talking about a yeah. Creed album. Thankfully, we are going to talk about a different album, not by the Big Creed. Sorry about that. <laughs> not a good a transition as well. Again, that wasn't really a transition. That was me trying to pull something up. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the album Hot Fuss by The Killers. Yes. An album that we both love, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, I absolutely. Well, I absolutely love The Killers. I want a, a great thing about this podcast is. I have not listened to Hot Fuss in its entirety in probably 12 years. And I'd like to revisit the album because I do like, I think I like their later stuff better than their early stuff, which would put me uh, in the minority, I believe. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the album when it came out, although I feel like I was trying to be cool and because it got too popular quickly, I feel like I kind of like, shit on it for a little while hmm. and threw my support behind the lesser bands of the era instead of the killers. Well, that that's interesting. Cause I will, let's, let's lay it. Uh, well, let's get into the album. You want to yeah, get into the, the album, album and, then and then we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit. Track yeah. one is a very nice, very nice start to the album. Jenny was a friend of mine. Kind of starts like, uh, be Here Now. Be Here Now, another album that we've talked about in this podcast. Fewer beeps. And there's no there's no question, by the way, that Oasis is a... Um, has affected the killers, I think. I don't think the helicopters, though. No. Was the direct callback to Be Here Now. No, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So there this, I mean, this album came out... At a time where, like, I feel like alternative, the alternative rock scene needed somebody to show up. And here came the Killers. Here came the Killers. It was, we were living in New York. It was a really fun time to be in New York because it was right on the tail end of the Strokes and the Walkman and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And that whole, like, New York music scene had, like, exploded. And... Like the bars were popping at night, playing all this new music. And I think the Killers and Franz Ferdinand came around in 2003, 2004. And suddenly, like, just 
everybody was dancing. It was bizarre. Yeah, it was. It was like this. Uh, if we like, we were born in 1980, so we didn't. We weren't really around when Duran Duran were hitting big and all that. But all of a sudden, there was after like the grunge era and everything. There was this band that there was some something a danceable alternative rock, which was basically alien. I think to us at least at, at that time. So it was kind of a different thing. Yeah, we went to high school when people were moshing and right. like crowd surfing and stuff. So this was like, and then like went to bars where you just kind of stand there. So <laughs> then like this happened. And uh, yeah, I remember the first time I saw the Killers, it was at Irving Plaza with, they were opening for Stella Star, who was another one of my. Stella Star. Like, I love those guys. There is, there's a really fun drinking game to play for all the forgotten uh, early aughts New York or New York adjacent uh, alternative rock acts. Yeah. Stella Star is right off the top, of, right near the top of the list in terms of immediately it brings you to a time and a place. I'm excited for the eventual like early aughts reunion tours, like nostalgia grabs, even though they were never like as big as the one. What, like the Sugar Ray tours? Yeah. Like they were never as big as Sugar Ray was. What is the name of the Sugar Ray tour again? Uh, it was called the Summerland tour. Was, is it over? I Are think, you plugged well, in on this? <laughs> <laughs> I do send you guys the email every year about who's touring. I don't know if it's still happening, but. Weren't there dueling uh Yeah, no, because it started with Everclear and Sugar Ray and then they had a falling out. You're so knowledgeable. And so, Everclear, I think they kept the Summerland name and then uh, Sugar Ray had another dumb title. And uh, yeah, they were just like, probably it was like turf wars with like these 90s bands. It's like, who's going to get fastball? I don't know, but like Marcy Playground's <laughs> going out with Sugar Ray this year. Did they have trades? Like They must have, yeah. I will give you... You get fuel. I'll give fuel. you fuel. If you give me... Uh, what was that? Civ? Civ and Uncle Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which would be a pretty fair trade. You got yourself a fucking deal. Well, where's folk implosion and all this? I don't know. Yeah, it was a very. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to see like the aughts tour with like Stella Star and Jet and Franz Ferdinand. And I all can't believe I was searching for one 90s band to talk about. There. And Civ is and what came Civ up. Civ is what came to mind. That was stupid. That was really weird. <laughs> um, anyway, that would be cool. Like, yeah. And I could tell you what. I'll tell you one thing, Bob. Those bands could use the money. I'm sure the guy at Stella Star, unless he's made some good investments on the side. Wasn't yeah, really... I'm sure. I don't think Stella Star is a thing anymore. Anyway, Jenny was a friend of mine. Do you have a story from that uh, for that song, Bob? I do, but we should keep listening to the album. And I'm sure I'll talk about how I blew it with girls in 2004. I love blowing it with girls in yeah. 2004. It was a fun time to blow it with girls. <laughs> Here is track two. I know this song. Mr. Brightside. I'll go ahead and say it, Bob. I believe this is the definitive killer song. You don't think they ever topped this? I'm not saying it's the best killer song. Right. But I believe it is the crucial killer song. If you, if you had to... If an alien life form came down and demanded to know what the killers were in one song, it would be this song to me. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, that's a, a weird fucking alien, but also the right. I don't know why they would want to know, like, what is a killer? Don't ask. They have, they have reasons. They're fucking aliens. They know what they're doing. I don't trust them. I um, 
would agree that this is the song. This song was everywhere when it came out. Like it was the, so the night that my wife and I started dating officially our like official date, like we're together night. Uh, we ended up Wait, the, the night you started fucking. No, not that night. The night that it was like, this is a girl that I'm going to date and eventually marry. Had you fucked at this point? That's like a very, very personal. That's question. not that's like your, your wife we're talking about. No, it's literally my wife we're talking oh, about. Okay, all right. Um, I apologize. We went. We ended up at a karaoke bar in the Lower East Side, and in this little room, and there was uh, the dorkiest guy in the room. Took the microphone and sang this song so off key, it was incredible. And oh, that's endearing. It was endearing, and that's when I knew I was going to marry her. So that's kind of like our song. Is that true? No, not the part about me marrying her. I yeah, was just trying I, okay. to get her back to my apartment. But but that was a very memorable hearing a guy sing that song off key and like not in tune or not yeah. to the beat. Mr. Brightside was a monster hit. In fact, I'm going to I would like to find out. I want to know how because it's funny, like we are at that time, you and I are both 24 years old. And. And this type of music, like the killers was basically the biggest band in the world to us at that point you know what i'm saying even if it wasn't our favorite band we were just omnipresent but i wonder and my internet's not cooperating but i wonder if if they were chart wise a huge act or if it was kind of like if you're a, a somebody in your mid-20s in the new york in new york whether that was translating but we do know this was a big big mr. album. mr brightside crossed over that was like a big hit and to the point where it kind of ruined the strokes in my opinion because after Mr. Brightside made it big, they started saying, how come we can't, how come we haven't done that? And they ditched their producer and then they started trying this bigger sound that ultimately I think kind of, kind of tore them apart. Really? I yeah. kind of think they probably just, in my opinion, anyway, they shot that's that we'll talk about the strokes later on this podcast, but maybe they shot their load. They had their shot at the crown with their first two albums. No, this is not an opinion. This is like a quote from, I think, Albert Hammond yeah. talking about how Mr. Brightside, they like went to their producer and they were really? like, how, how come we can't do this? How come our music hasn't done this? Like they were annoyed by the killers. Hmm. And That's Mr. kind of Br fascinating. Mr. Brightside was what did it. Wow. That was a good nugget, Bob. Yeah. I mean, some of your transitions earlier have left something <laughs> to be desired, but that was a great nug. Here's uh, the song, actually, that I like the most at this time. Smile this like song, you need a So you were living in Hoboken when this came out, right? Yeah, it's funny. We should talk about that because you were living on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um, I was living in Hoboken, uh, which is, you know, a very different place uh, than the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I was funny. living in Brooklyn when this came out. Oh, you were still in Brooklyn? I was still in Brooklyn, yeah. Okay. But my point being, I guess, doesn't change, which is okay. if you're living in Brooklyn or you're living in the Lower East Side, you were saying you were trying to distance yourself a little bit on some level from the Killers. The Killers were the perfect Hoboken band. They really were. I mean, and I remember they the record company, I think was, I strangely know this as a U2 fan, uh, Island Records was the record label that put out this album. They had to fucking know about Hoboken. They must have been plugged in on this because I remember billboards all over Hoboken for the Killers album. And 
this was the perfect Hoboken album in the sense that it was like ex- accessible and it was kind of all the bros could get into it and there are a lot of bros in Hoboken and then the ladies could like it it was the it was this song transports me to living on Clinton Street in Hoboken in 2004 perfect perfect Hoboken album yeah I remember coming to visit you guys and this was the song that you guys were all singing it's always it was the only album really that was playing at that time we moved in together was me two of our friends from high school and my college buddy Mark and the killers we talked about in high school Oasis was a band that we could all get behind Uh, the killers at that time were the band that we all loved there was just a great time to like when you if you can get in on the ground floor with a band with their first album breaking through Nothing really sounded like this at the time. No. Like, so I remember. Well, that's that guitar solo sounded like The Edge, but you don't hear that. <laughs> I don't care about that. I remember making a mix CD for this girl that I liked, and uh, I put Jenny Was a Friend of Mine on it. And I started the CD off with that. And I was like, there's nothing like this. This is like. Like, trust me, like this band is going to be huge. And it was like before it was. Like, Wait, was her name Jenny? You said no, it was her name was oh. Monica. It wasn't oh, I even thought close. you were talking about Jenny. Yeah, no, not even close. And I remember being like, they're, they're really going to be big. Like you should you should check them out, like trying to be cool to her. <laughs> and she lived in Maryland. It didn't work. It was a bad move. It was just she didn't want me to introduce the killers to her. And now whenever I hear that song, that's what I think. About Wait, it. so you think you made her a mix, but then instead of just saying, hey, here's this mix, enjoy it, you have regrets that you were pushing the band that was track one too yeah. much? Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, it was kind of like trying to be cool with it as opposed to just trying to be like, hey. I We've all made mixes uh, for women that we've wanted to sleep with. Uh, <laughs> so base. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I've ever said sleep with before. But um, you're you're a romantic when you make your mixes. Yeah. Uh, it was like a very Andrew McCarthy thing to say. Yeah. I really want to sleep with her. <laughs> uh, but I made a lot of uh, mixes. And the one thing that I did get hit with, not once, but twice for a mix, two separate mixes that I poured over, uh, put a lot of effort into the track listing, the the, the sequencing. Uh, and two separate times, the girls told me yeah like that that tape you made me or the cd you made it was really sad (laughs) (laughs) which was very accurate they were very (laughs) yeah they're very perceptive about where i was emotionally as it turned out i didn't even know it i do believe i put smile like you needed on a, a a mix once by the way i don't know if uh we we listened to mr brightside but this this might be the song that most people know. Maybe. No, Mr. Brightside. This is, I think, maybe their best song. All right, let's listen to it a little bit. I think this was their first single. I think you might be right. Yeah. I think you might be right. Well, let's get to the chorus here. That was another thing. You got to respect the killers. They got to the chorus. They lost that plot eventually. Right. But here they knew it. Somebody told me you 
Oh, it's like this part. <laughs> they abandoned that type of music after this album, abruptly and bizarrely. But I have always liked... Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you do it. I don't think they need the synthesizer anymore. This was... This was um, this was Duran Duran brought back to life. Right. Yeah, this I, was... You would you would see that written everywhere. And I'd be like, do I have to listen to Duran Duran now? Because I never... I never heard Duran Duran. Like, I didn't know anything about it. But them. this was also 2005 when... It was a weird in-between time because Napster had been shut down. You were on LimeWire and all these other things. There were music blogs. But if you wanted to rediscover an older band, you were kind of in a kind of a bit of a purgatory situation. Right. Now, if you got into a band, if the killer, this album came out today, you'd be able to say, oh, the, we keep on reading about Duran Duran and everything. I'm going to go listen to like the two essential Duran Duran albums right. from the early 80s. But back then, you just kind of took everybody's word for it. Yeah, it's like, okay, this <laughs> it's like, is, all right. that must be like Duran Duran. No, I mean, I get it. I get it, old people. I get it, uh, Kurt Loder. It sounds like <laughs> Duran Duran. But I would kind of, I am now, now that I think about it, because the killer's time has passed as well, because time passes. Our time has passed in a way, so it's not a shot against the killers. No. Um, I wonder if Duran Duran was the killers back then. Whoa. Which means they're kind of cool. I guess they yeah, I mean they were yeah. probably very cool. This is a banger though. This is a this banger, is a banger. Of a single. Banger great debut, great way to come out. It wouldn't be if I had to listen if I had to make a desert island mix of like a ten track mix of killer songs, it wouldn't be on it for me. Really? But only because it's it was so well, omnipresent you, in our life. You like the way that their sound evolved too. So you're kind of a fan of like you said, the later killers, the way the sound kind of they embrace the sort of Springsteen of it all. Yeah, I could appreciate. Uh, yeah, th- I definitely did, even though it probably wasn't the best for their career. Because if if they could have done it again. It's interesting. They kind of did the reverse Coldplay, where Coldplay started out being like guitar driven and, you know, I, I, I say rock and roll, but nobody thinks of Coldplay like rock. But they were like a rock like band. Soft Brit pop. Yeah, rock. soft yeah. Brit pop. And then they went full on dance. Yeah. Where like. Killers started with music you could dance to, and then they decided, you know what? We're going to go for dad rock. Like, they went the complete opposite way. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely... Uh, you're absolutely right. And this song, by the way, this is my favorite killer song, I would have to say. Right really? Now. Yeah. So we've already had, by the way, like four songs that we've said God, in this, some capacity, this is our favorite yeah, killer song. But like we said, the Alien song from Mr. Brightside... I just said somebody yeah. told me it was their best song. You're saying this. Smile like you mean it. We talked about being everywhere in 2004. The top half of this album, fucking close to flawless. Yeah. it's a, If they were still records back, if there were records at this point, this would be one of the best side A's of any alternative rock album. And I don't even know if it was alternative rock. They kind of like were straddling all that, which was yeah. kind of interesting. I have a memory of this song, which is... I spent most of the mid to late aughts either lovelorn or unemployed. Um, sometimes both at the same time. Uh, but I was at a wedding in, I'm going to say about 2007, early 2007. It was on a boat in the Boston Harbor. Interesting spot for a wedding, okay. as okay. I recall. I'm, I'm there. You're taking me there. Take yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
the guy, Mark, who's in our fantasy league, you'll know him, Mark. Mm-hmm. Mark with a, Mark. a Boston accent. Uh, he, this song came on, and it was, I, I don't know if it was their first dance, Mark and his wife, Kim. I don't know if it was their first dance, but he picked this song uh, uh, to put on the DJ mix, and, and it took over the dance floor to the point where everyone got in the circle around Mach, and then he started to just rock out <laughs> to the song, and everybody was going nuts. And That's this was, right. I don't even know if it was this even a single? No, uh, I feel like there's a video for All it, right. but I don't know if it was a single. To me, this is the essential part of this entire album. This is when Mach was going nuts. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. See, we're all like huddled around him. This part should be so cringy, but they pull it off somehow. Somehow. They're building. And this Amok was starting to get pumped up. He was saying it louder and louder. It was a very white scene, I have to I will tell of course, you that. Of course. Very Boston. It probably could only happen on a, a wedding on a boat in Boston Harbor. And then when he hits this point. Mark goes nuts. Everybody's going nuts. This song, this song, and this album. This is one of the big ones. This is one of the big albums of the arts. It really is. I will say, I was Team Franz Ferdinand when this album came out. I was convinced that they were the better band, Woof. that they had the better album, that they would Woof. have the better career. Because I thought that they just. When you know, take me out and like that whole great single, one of the perfect singles, perfect single. But I thought what they were doing was so different that they were going to be the sort of breakout of that whole genre that was exploding. I was wrong. (laughs) I was very. I mean, yeah, it was a hill that you died on. I died on that hill. I like Franz Ferdinand. I I like that album. I remember seeing them live, and it was a good show. I even have a set list from Franz Ferdinand's concert in New York. I've never got a set list. Yeah. Um, But that, yeah, that is that's a good breakdown between Bob in Brooklyn and Dan in Hoboken. Is that I love the populist nature of the Killers, so I embrace the Killers, and they were. You know, to me, the clear number one like hot band of the moment. But you were going a little. You wanted to go a little under the radar. You were a little Brooklyn. I would spend every day like at work just looking at all the music blogs and downloading MP3s of like Elephant, and uh, (laughs) it's a lot of work. The editors, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just like trying to find. I was trying to find the next Killers while the Killers were just starting out. Like that was my. You're hardly alone in in that. No, it was like like, that's what's part of the fun of it. I guess kind of the fun of it. But to me, like, as someone that is more into, like I said, like a populist type view of like music, I don't like, I don't, I've never really put an effort to try to find things. That seems like a lot of work to me. Because you got to sit through a lot of like music that you're talking yourself into, I think, as or well. Or you just, you just get rid of it. Like you're just kind of like wasting three minutes of your life or less saying like, oh, this was getting some hype and I don't like it. So never mind. I don't like Andy, comma, you're a star. Me neither. And I will say, I feel like we've we've reached the pinnacle of the album. Now we're on the backside. Where do you stand on that, by the way? Albums that shoot their load 
Do you think they should just shoot the load in the front half? Or should they... It's an elegant way of asking this. Or should they um, kind of space it out? I think they should space it out. This is a good song. I forgot about this song. This is not bad. It's fine. But you know what? The highs were so high in those first five or six tracks. To me, that this even this, and I do, this song is fine. It feels a little quaint after the heights of... uh, of those three singles and uh, yeah and Smile Like You Mean It which I don't think it was a single but was a song that I loved so I would say like if I was making a top 30 of the 2000s 2000 to 2009 all those songs would probably find their place in the top 30 for me that so, makes sense. So now some of this filler maybe doesn't. Yeah, now it, now it's filler time for Hot Fuzz. I don't. Th- I it's nice to hear the song again, though. I have not heard this, this song, a, like you said, in twelve years. Song. Yeah, I saw the Killers actually. <clears throat> um, we should do, by the way, because I don't want to. I was thinking of talking about it now, but we should just do a whole, a whole deep dive on their second album, Samstown. Is that, Samstown, yeah. which is it. It may be not a great album, but it's a fascinating album. Uh, just in terms of the 180 they pulled in their t- entire everything about them, they changed, which is a very kind of a fascinating move by them. Um, uh, but I did see them in concert. I'm going to say like 2010. Okay. At the LA Sports Arena, which has actually been torn down now. God, we're so old. And um, <laughs> the LA Sports Arena has been. Uh, demolished since i saw a concert there but um these songs i remember he played this song and all the hot fuzz songs stand up yeah they are all i mean it doesn't does this sound dated to you this album or does this yeah a little bit but not a little not 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 so bad i will say they sound like jesus jones or something right yeah (laughs) or civ civ it was like the other 180 that they pulled between uh, Hot Fuss and Samstown was he learned how to sing, which was very exciting. Because yeah, I guess this isn't like he kind of learned to croon a little bit. Yeah. Which wasn't really what this was about. Because I saw him, you know, with the Hot Fuss album with Stella Star and then Samstown. And it was like night and day. Like it was he all of a sudden was crooning like it was he it was a much different type of performance. He's an interesting guy. He put out Brandon my favorite Flowers. album of two years ago. Yeah, the he desired effect a really was good, uh, such an amazing solo album. Yeah, I actually really loved. Um, maybe maybe we'll get to that at the end of this when we get through here. We're zooming through this. What track are we on? This is "Change Your Mind," which is track eight. It's an eleven-track album. Would have been the best five song EP of all time. I kind of feel like the back end of this is still better than Franz Ferdinand. No, come on, come on. Is, is that that was a good album. That's unfair. I think it's unfair. We should do a, we should do a, a show on Franz. As we well. should. No, I only kid. I, I do like I like the Franz album a lot. I don't even remember if I got the follow up to Franz Ferdinand. I think I got Does the it, Did it even happen? Up. There was a follow-up, but yeah, they kind of fell off hard. Uh, but yeah, Brandon Flowers is kind of a fascinating dude. He 
a really good looking guy and it really kind of has all the uh, tools you would ever want to have a long long career like he could sing he could write songs he had the look um, but then he was kind of like there were aspects of him that were maybe not built for that type of life like he's a hardcore Mormon hardcore Mormon right and uh, maybe the fact that he has he's a little different he's a bit of a different cat explains why they they probably should have made like a hot fuss part two yeah well, was career wise, was that like humans album, kind of like that? That was a dancey album, right? Day and age, yeah. Day and age, yeah. I was out by then. I did not get that album. Um, yeah, they kind of went back to the well at that point, and had some huge hits on that album as well. That was kind of their last gasp, but that was 2009, maybe. So they they had a nice little run, yeah, of six years or so. But I do feel. On some level, if you look at their whole career, that did they, given how big this album was, and we're going to keep moving here because um, Change Your Mind's a nice song, but I'm not going to go crazy about it. Do you think they disappointed a little bit in the long run? Do well, you think I've, they should have been bigger? There was like a minute where they were the biggest rock band in the world. You know, with due respect to, you know, you two and all the crap that you like. Um, <laughs> no, they were like, they were, they were on that trajectory where it was like, they were tremendous. And then they just didn't, they didn't nail it. They didn't stick the landing. There was, to that point, I went to, I took my then girlfriend, now wife, Emily. I surprised her when you and I were living in Hollywood. Uh, and she's a big Coldplay fan. I like Coldplay. And I surprised her with tickets. She was living in Brooklyn at the time. We were in L.A. Surprised her with tickets to see Coldplay um, on their Vivo La Vida uh, tour uh, in Vegas at the MGM Grand. And we went to the show. She flew out. God, I spent a lot of money on her. It's a good thing I married her. (laughs) Yeah, that would have really been a bad investment. I bought two tickets off Craigslist. And then I bought her a flight, a round-trip flight from New York to Vegas. And then the hotel room. Jesus Christ. Good thing we were living large on that uh, late 2000s super deluxe internet video (laughs) money. Pre-internet boom bust. Um, Anyway, so during a break in the songs, Chris Martin, to tie it back to what you're talking about, Bob, Chris Martin, the singer of Coldplay, um, started pontificating that... Because uh, they covered a killer song That's what they did ah. uh, And he said that he viewed the killers As his greatest Their greatest competition As the biggest band in the world He did say until the next U2 album comes out But that was more a show of respect To U2 But it really was at that time In 2008 anyway Coldplay and, and the killers Were fighting it out then the Kings of Leon came out of left field with their, you know, Sex on Fire, Use Me. So there was like a little, it was happening. Yeah, it was a kind the of killers, a fun little time where, yeah. and none of them ever really grabbed the mantle, nope. but they all seemed like they could have at that point. Yeah, they were all dancing around it. Here's Believe Me, Natalie. I had, We had another uh, roommate in Hollywood that uh, married a girl named Natalie, and uh, 
he said he would just play the song on repeat. Yeah, that's all I could think of when I hear this song. Yeah, it's just coming from his room. He would. It was really compulsively would play "Believe Me, Natalie." I guess she believed him. I guess she believed him. It worked. What's next? Do we hold anything against this album that that they don't have one more banger here? I do. It's an album you can turn off after track All these things I... All right, let's look at it again because here's Midnight Show. I probably listened to this six times a month. Track one, Jenny was a friend of mine. Track two, Mr. Brightside. Track three, Smile Like You Mean It. One, two, three. Banger, banger, banger. Mm -hmm. Track four, Somebody Told Me. Track five, All These Things That I've Done. Thank you, good night. Should they have just released a five-track EP and then retired? I mean, you can't second-guess it. It clearly worked, but I, if, if you had to flip a record over, I don't think I would have ever flipped it over after the first listen. It does show kind of how old we are, too, though. Like, nobody... If, you're, if you were born, like, 1990 or later, you never think about this stuff. It's just, it doesn't matter. It barely matters that you released an album. It's right. just, like, what songs are you known for and then we those first five songs it doesn't matter where they came from those were five killer songs that were killer nice nailed it no you did that was great um and that's all that matters so the fact that midnight show is a fucking horrific train wreck of a song (laughs) that shouldn't exist that's disrespectful it doesn't matter it's a total it's a perfectly fine deep late album song Oh, yeah, I kind of like the song. All right, I'll listen to the chorus. I feel like if I was at the dark room or, um, you know, the magician at the jukebox and you want to impress people on the Lower East Side in 2004, this is the kind of track you would put on. You wouldn't hit the first half of the album. No, you do not touch it. Well, if you're like at the piano bar or something. If I wanted Ultra Girl to like look up and be like, who put on that song? Yeah. This one. yeah. I would probably go with uh, Change Your Mind if I was trying to be cool, track eight. Yes, anyway. I, guess, I guess it served its purpose. The second half of the album is for the people trying to be cool. The first half are the legitimately good songs. I think actually I kind of like this one as an album closer. Everything will be all right. Maybe they should have put because all these things that that I've done at track five kind of works as an album closer too. Maybe they could have buried it at track eleven. It's all quibbling. It <laughs> it's all like they don't. It need matters us. to us. And they don't need us doing no this. Else. They're fine. They probably never. They probably haven't thought twice about it. Do you remember the big controversy about the Killers when they started out that? Uh, the drummer, I think, or somebody in the band was in a ska band called Skaba the Hut. And because of that, they had no cred. <laughs> I remember the, the, the drummer was the, he got himself in a little bit of trouble because he was feuding with somebody. Do you remember who the killer's drummer was feuding with someone else of that era? Was it the bravery? I think it was the bravery. It might have been the yeah. singer of the bravery and the drummer of that the sounds killers. Right. You had to have a the, by the way, the, in front of your name. The bravery are definitely going to be on my aughts nostalgia tour. Maybe headlining. You think they're going to? Ha- they're not going to sell a lot of tickets. It's not going to be. Headliner. It's not going to be a very strong tour, unless they're going to be playing just like. 
Well, we'll we could probably get Block Party to have Scott headline. Stapp's like uh, backwoods. Do you think a Block Party, tour. Block Party, Franz Ferdinand, Bravery, and then like the editors starting off? Do you think that would be sell some tickets? Well, I've never even heard of the editors. <laughs> I feel like you just made them up. I might have just made them up. The editors was a real band. They sounded exactly like the Bravery. Before we go into picking the the crucial killers song off Hot Fuzz to add to our Spotify playlist, I do you want I do want you Bob to share with me your favorite post Hot Fuzz killers song. You're just gonna put me on the spot like yep, that. Yep, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you want to look at a greatest hits, their direct hits release of 2013 uh, to see what else they released? Sure. Well, when you were young, such a great song. I'll always think about playing rock band nonstop. <laughs> and uh, that song was a banger. So is that your choice? Probably. Because that was, tra- yeah, that was the first song, of course, on... That's how they reintroduce themselves to the world. Too loud. Um, in a couple of years after Hot Fuss, obviously, and it was a t- all of a sudden they were like a Springsteen tribute band. Right. But it kind of worked. It was kind of fun. It's funny how different this is than Hot Fuss. They should have done a victory. They should have done just like... Albert Hammond Jr. was upset. Why are you trying to remake their career? They're fine. No, no, no. They were they fine. they could have been bigger. Just like uh, Albert Hammond Jr. is upset, why couldn't we be as big as their first album? They should have taken a page out of the Killer, uh, the Strokes playbook and just put it, put Is This It Part 2 out. Which but that was, didn't work for the Strokes. Everybody just said this is... But it worked for people. Is... Like, it was great music. It was like getting this that great album again, but with different songs. We could have had another Hot Fuss is what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, clearly they didn't have enough hot fuss, even for hot fuss, since only five songs are good. Yeah. Uh, my cho- my favorite post hot fuzz is also off Samstown. Yeah, this is a good song. Read my mind. So that's interesting. We both pick. Samstown songs. They had some good later stuff. We do not believe that Human is the best post. Or Bones. <laughs> Bones is not a good song. No. Um, I would probably pick my favorite if I were to, you know, if you could throw in his solo stuff. The Desired mm-hmm. Effect had um, two of my favorite songs that year. I don't even know the titles. One's about a Gravitron. It's a great song. Oh, that's the Gravitron song. Gravitron great. is so good. <laughs> His solo, if you want to follow one like solo artist uh, that's come out of a band of that era, Brandon Flowers is putting out good music still. Like vital music. I think the Desired Effect, the Gravitron song, I think, is that Can't Deny My Love? No. Dreams Come True? Nope. I Can Change? It's one of those. Check out. It's Lonely Town. Okay. If you. Lonely Town, that's it. Check out the Desired Effect. uh, Came out a couple years ago. Um, all right, Bob, here, here it is. Let's cut through the bullshit. Yeah, we've moved far away from Hot Fuss. We're all the way at Lonely Town. We're but swinging back now. Let's go back to 04. 
back to 2004. What a two 24 year old guys in New York and Hoboken in the metropolitan area. <laughs> two just two dudes chilling in the metropolitan area. Uh, Bob, you nominate uh, what song we will pick one song from Hot Fuss. Uh, by the way, I thought it was Hot Fuzz for probably five years. <laughs> That's very Hoboken of you. Yeah. Yo, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> this album is my album. This is how I identify with society. <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't a fighter, but. No, that was somebody saying that to you for <laughs> saying that. <laughs> what are you, queer? Anyway, here we go, Bob. Here we go. Um, so I have to nominate the song. Yeah, well, both now. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go, go first. first. I'm absolutely, without hesitation, going with all these things that I've done because I believe that to be uh, the defining song of the album to me when I think of this album. I, Mr. Brightside is the one, the definitive killer's jam for aliens, but the one that I really think is sums up how fun and different and special uh, Hot Fuss, not Hot Fuzz, was all these things that I've done. This one's for Mark on the Boston Harbor. <laughs> Your thoughts? Well, now it's really hard now that Mark is involved. Yeah. But I, I, I am going to throw another one out, and I think okay. we're going to have to talk this one out. I think you can't go wrong with any of the front five. Mr. Brightside, I've heard it enough in my life. I don't need I don't need that on our Spotify mix. Our Spotify mix, the purpose of this mix is to just just cut through all the bullshit and be like a can't miss go to playlist right. of like the best songs from these albums. We don't want to be too obvious. This isn't gonna be a basic playlist. No, we're not basic bitches. <sighs> all right. You're, getting, you're wading into a, an interesting part of the pool. I'm uh, thinking about throwing out Smile Like You Mean It. I'm just thankful that you weren't going to say Jenny was a friend of mine because that ship has sailed, Bob, and you're married <laughs> and you have uh, two children. I would think, though, like after it blew up, like she would hear the killers and be like, oh, this is that band. But, you know, I'm still not I'm still not going to call them like like that. I think was happening, but. <laughs> I, I just hope it like registered that I was right about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Didn't work, Bob. All right. Smile like you mean it. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Well, but I why? Why do you think that's a better choice than all these things that I've done? I don't. So I mean, sell me on all. I can be swayed, but I just think smile like you mean it kind of hits all the marks for like a great killer song. But then again, so does all these things that I've done. Okay. My only my only argument that I can say for all these things that I've done that I think that the best, the best moment and I've been to a couple of killer show. I saw him once on this tour, hot fuzz. And then again, a few albums cycles later, the best part of uh, the show both times was I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. The whole place went nuts for that part. So that, that always holds a place in my heart that, that, that part of that song is like my favorite aspect of the killers. Um, but uh, no, no, but necessary. I'm sold. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it because yeah, I was so on the happy. Fence. The fact that that could have been so cringy that moment and it does, it doesn't feel that way. They just barely pulled they it off. Just barely pulled it off. You know how hard it is, it is <laughs> to write a line. I've got soul 
but I'm not a soldier and then sing it uh, with the conviction that Brandon Flowers does and yeah. somehow pull it off. And then bring in the choir. The <laughs> choir comes in. They just went for they it. They just went all out for it. So, yeah, they deserve it. So that's the song that's going on the playlist. Is this the biggest moment of their career? No. They've... Their terrible career that they never really <laughs> never really broke? I think they're doing okay. I feel like they've had bigger highs than this one. Um, would you see the Killers, by the way, if they came and played at the L, uh, the uh, Forum in six months? And I said, hey, I got a ticket here for 40 bucks. Would you come? Oh, yeah. For 40 bucks, I would. If, you, if it was like one of those $120 kind of like. 60 bucks? Uh, 60 would yeah. you see the killers lower loge about a hundred feet from the stage? Really nice side seats, but not like amazing seats, but very nice seats with nice access to the bathroom and the beer stand. All right. For $75. Yeah. You still have me. It's, I wouldn't see okay. them. At, I wouldn't see them like at Staples center or something. Not that they're playing at Staples center. No. All right. So yeah, I'm still in, I'm still in on the killers. So you, in, uh, yeah, in 2017 or, hypothetically in this scenario potentially 2018 you would right. spend in upwards plus the handling fees and everything I thought, I 93 dollars oh see i thought you were the, covering those killers. i thought you were covering the handling no, fees no no you have to cover the handling uh, fees and that kind of changes everything i don't know i'd have to re-examine this what are you eddie vetter during the <laughs> vitology era i'm just kind of like anti-ticket master man i'm not doing this uh, there you go. So add all these things that I've done to the Spotify playlist for the throwback, which you could find where, Bob? Probably uh, on Spotify. On Spotify. We'll, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you can get the link and everything. It's uh, at the at throwback pod. Uh, we're on Instagram, throwback pod. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Follow us. Let us know what albums you want us to listen to. And uh, come to Dan's garage. I'll give you his address on Twitter. And we could all hang out here. I was on board with most of that. I lost you at some point. Yeah. Probably the the outrageous perversion in terms of the uh, invasion of my privacy. I thought you were going to say Instagram. But yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep doing this, right? I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll see. We'll see what the, uh, what the suits have to say. <laughs> but uh, all right. That's it. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you for listening. That's it. The Throwback Pod. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.